Alright guys, welcome back to episode number 5 of your weekly Buck Pusting Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything hockey. I'm your host Kyle, surrounded by all my co-hosts. Hello! Hiya! What's up? Hi! Alright, so first, biggest news of this week. Um, hate to be biased as we always do, but it's it's big news in the NHL. Uh, the Penguins have hired Brian Burke as their hockey of operations manager, I believe it's called. What it was. And Ron Hextall as their new general manager, replacing uh, Jim Rutherford. Jimmy G, or Jimmy R. Jimmy R. Now, Ron Hextall, as you know, he was known as, you know, a legendary uh, Flyers goaltender. Actually leads the Flyers franchise for most wins that they ever had. Uh, his career goals against was a 2.98, which honestly isn't amazing. But he's still known as one of the greatest for Philly. With a .895 save percentage which also isn't amazing but it's about average yeah, i mean from saving nine out of every ten shots that comes away which that's pretty honestly nice. pretty good uh ron hank saw some of his uh history of coaching he was started off in philly as a scout um and that was started back in 1999 shortly after he retired uh, they hired him immediately as a scout uh, he then went to the kings as the vice president and the assistant general manager and then came back to the Philly, to the Philly, yeah, as the assistant general manager. And now he's the Pittsburgh Penguins general manager, not the Deutsche assistant. Manager. <laughs> assistant to assistant the regional one. <laughs> and then Brian Burke, some of his history, he started off as the Canucks general manager, and then went to the Ducks to be the general manager, and then went to the Toronto Maple Leafs as the general manager and team president, and then to the Flames as the hockey operations manager and now. The Penguins as the hockey operations manager. We all know Brian Burke also did broadcast, has been done doing broadcasting on and off for the past couple of years, and just a couple of great additions there. I really feel like they're going to bring a lot to the team in the next couple of years. I uh, there's been word out there that uh, both Extall and Burke sat down the core three, you know, the Tang, Malkin, Crosby, and they actually asked them like, hey. Where do you guys want to see us take this franchise, this team, within the next couple of years as you guys as our, our cornerstone? Which, you know, says a lot from, coming from management and, you know, individuals who've played against, well, not played against, but, uh, you know, we're general managers against <coughs> the said players. And, you know, with Hextall being a former flyer, we all know the history between the two other PA-based teams. So yeah. that, that, that says something. It's, Especially with that f- a fan base that hates, you know, Sid, Sid the Kid as much as they do. The like, Battle of the Case, the, the crybaby Crosby, such a diver, you know. But well, <laughs> and like typical Flyers fans there, but well, and like you were saying though, I think it'll be good for him because you know Ron Hextall had a an amazing lineage, dare I say, with Philly. So it'll be, I think it'll be a little bit more welcome to bring him onto the Penguins roster, um, given the fact of the career that he had before. And even after he was done playing and working the more administrative side of things, you know, he led a pretty successful career all around. So I think it's a, I think it's a great add-on. And it'd also be nice, you know, with Hextall having that goalie background. I mean, look what he did with Carter Hart. I mean, kept him in the minors until he was actually ready and look how he turned out, you know. The, he's great. By, by far, he's going to be the ne- next face of the Flyers franchise and into a stellar goaltender. So it, it'd be nice to see what 
Hextall's able to do with the, the, the masked man for Pittsburgh. Now, looking at Carter Hart, do you see them ever getting rid of him? The Flyers ever getting rid of Not him? Not any time in the near future. I don't, I don't think so, but who knows? Because we've been having a bunch of bombshell trades throughout this season. So. Already, yeah, we're only... Not just about a month into the season, there's already been two big bombshell trees. One which we're about to talk about here shortly. But, so, yeah. but, but I mean, unless if he completely pulls a bit Matt Murray and shits himself within his you know third, well his second full season, but third season, you know, in the league playing for the Flyers, I don't see that happening within the next five years or so. No, they're gonna do whatever they can in their power to keep him between the pipes. Again, he's probably going to be after you know their their core guys of you know Drew and Forjack retiring. He's going to be the next face of that franchise. Oh, by far, easily. Going back to this uh, Ron Hextall situation, the best way I can compare this to, with Penguins and Flyers being such big rivals, it'd be something like the Canadians hiring Matt Sundin as their general manager, or in ten fifteen years, the Oilers hire Matthew Kachuk. As their general manager. Just thinking of the two big rivals going to the other side to coach or, you know, yeah. rule, run things there. Or being the bit, bit well, and that's, I think, hard. always been kind of a, a trend with NHL teams is they always try and keep, like, alumni players as coaching. I mean, Christ, look at the Red Wings. with We have Steve Eiserman as our GM. I mean, he was a very successful Red Wing back in his day. Oh, for sure. And he was like their franchise. Yeah, he and was his... the face of the franchise for the longest time. And now, granted, the Red Wings still suck, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but, you know, you look at even teams like go up to, say, even like the Rangers, and uh, when they had uh, Clint Malarchuk as one of their trainers for the longest time. He had one of he had them as a goaltending coach for the longest time. He was a phenomenal goaltender back in his day, back in the 80s and 90s, even into the early 2000s. Unfortunately, his career was cut short because of him taking a skate to the neck. But, you know, I think that's the best thing that we could, that the league could do at this point is keep their alumni players, the people who have 10, 15, 20 years on the ice keep them as the coaching staff because they know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? So, that's just my thought. Let's see how he can do now that um, that he's on now with Pittsburgh and kind of go from there and see what he can bring to this franchise. On the good side of the state versus the, the dark, evil, the dark side, evil side that, that nobody ever talks about. <laughs> We're gonna not talk. Choose to not talk about them because we, as of yet, don't have many nice things to say about that <laughs> side. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Some another fun fact that I actually just realized happened: uh, the Sharks this weekend got to play their first home game after starting the season with twelve consecutive road games. Wow! Holy hell! They still managed to prove a five-six and one record playing twelve straight road games. That's not bad. Which is at all. honestly pretty impressive. That's insanely That's impressive. Really good for, for you know a struggling Sharks team like they were last year and I believe the year before as well. Yeah. Just still really, being able to do that on the ever road since is, the twenty seven their twenty sixteen um, championship run or they've <clears> kind of been a hit or miss. Like they are just making it in or 
Leicester look like a good potential of becoming a Stanley Cup championship team. Because didn't they sneak in the playoffs in the 17th season? Yeah. 17, then, or 16, 17 season? Yeah, and then they got knocked out by uh, the pending Western Conference champs. The, uh, well, no, that's that's following year. Never mind. Okay. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking of the 17-18 season with uh, Vegas. But. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, and other news. Today, is, I believe it was either today or yesterday. I believe it was today. Yeah, the Oilers placed James Neal on waviers. So that's a, a big free agent. Potential free agent. Potential free agent. It's sad when somebody like Milan Lucci is just doing better than the guy you traded him for, James yeah. Neal. <laughs> and, and who would have guessed Milan Lucci to be doing good <laughs> or doing better than James Neal? Scoring-wise. Uh, yeah. Scoring-wise. I'd say... Lucic has always been a solid player, I think. I mean, even back, and as much as I hate to say it, but even back in his Bruins days, he was... The grit? He was the grit. that the He was the core of the grit that the Bruins had. And, I don't know, he's just always delivered on the ice. Like, he has always been that player to give 100%, no matter if it's a playoff game or if it's regular season. No matter what, he has always been the one to come out and not be afraid to throw down. So, uh, Going back to James uh, James Neal, his career, he has uh, 548 points in 830 games. I mean, he's played with a bunch of different teams at this point, uh, but his best team being with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, scoring 184 points in 199 games with Pittsburgh. So, I mean, wow. that's already a good, almost a third in the math of my head, I think it was about a third of the points he's gotten in his career was with the Penguins. Wasn't in the it? short four yeah. years he was with us. It was did he go to Nashville after? Yeah. P- after he we traded we, the Penguins traded James Neal to Nashville in the Patrick Hornquist trade, which oh, I believe okay. they acquired Patrick Hornquist, Nick Spalling, and some other was it a prospect or prospects or prospect. And yeah, then obviously the. I think Nashville ended up trading him to the Calgary, and then Calgary traded him to Edmonton. No, no, because he was uh, drafted for. Oh, he was uh, the expansion draft for Vegas. He was, oh, a, big, yeah, he was a big part right. of that oh, four. Core, yeah, the core okay. four group that carried them to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's I forgot he went to Vegas. I did completely forget that as well. Yeah, and then he he was traded off to Calgary after that. And See, I remember, they, yeah, Vegas selected like four or five former Penguins. Dave, David Prime. Ryan Reeves. Ryan, well, Ryan Reeves is traded. Oh, he, traded. He was that big blockbuster trade with Ian Cole going to Ottawa, and we got uh, David Prime, Derek England, oh, okay. James Neal, and then the big one. Broussard. Uh, or, not Broussard, but. Flour. The biggest one being the flower. You know. <clears throat> flower. Uh, speaking of trades, uh, another big trade coming out of Ottawa and Carolina. Uh, Carolina receives. Uh, Hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, single. Yeah, right. Oh, Carolina receives Pocket and Alex Galchenyuk for uh, Carolina's Ryan Zingle. Which, again, another shocking trade. Poor yeah. Alex Galchenyuk, man. He's <laughs> he's going to set the record for being the player traded the most in his NHL career. I, I, that's what I was saying. It's, you can joke about it all you want, but it's very possible. Oh, yeah. He's still young, and he's for, already been traded six times. First player to pay for all current 31 <laughs> NHL teams. I believe the record is 10 or 11. Don't even ask me what the guy's name was, but traded like 10 or 11 times in his career. Galchenyuk's already halfway there, at least. Yeah, he watch it's going to be some guy like Milan Lucic. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was drafted by Montreal, I believe. Yeah, he went to Mo- uh, started in Montreal... 
Went to Arizona, then Pittsburgh. I thought it was Minnesota. No, then he went to Minnesota. He, for, he was Minnesota. only with Pittsburgh for a short time, like wasn't half he? Season, half the season. Because yeah. uh, he came over in the Phil Kessel trade. That's right. And then went out for the Zucker trade. Phil Kessel, I believe, is still in Phoenix and is doing decent. He's not. He's, he's not. He's not. Up, he's, not he's, he's not Penguins level Phil Kessel. Yeah, yeah. Or even Maple Leafs level level Phil Kessel, which he led the Maple Leafs in scoring for like four years straight, five years straight. Yeah, for really? quite a time because he he was known uh, as the guy in Toronto or the face of the face of Toronto for, for the longest. Now, time. I don't, even, I don't, the, I don't even think he, I don't even think he ended up holding an A because he he did if somebody got injured. Yeah, he was like the right. like the alternate alternate captain, like a backup alternate he, captain. He was like the uh, number four in the line of succession and number five in the line of succession. Got sent off though tonight because he got at least one goal in the Ottawa win against Winnipeg tonight, two two to one. And the Galchenyuk. And we were talking yeah. about Kessel, but that's a good, yeah. good changeup. And the good, I was talking about Galchenyuk. No, you're fine. But yeah, he was drafted by Montreal, got traded to Arizona, so that's one. Traded to Pittsburgh for two. Traded to Minnesota for three. Traded to Ottawa for four. And then today, just traded to the well, current Hexford. Uh, technically six. Technically six, because you forgot to count Montreal on that. He was drafted by Montreal. He's been traded five, oh, traded times. five times. He's played for six teams, but been traded five times. So he's already pretty much halfway there to the record. That's insane. <laughs> that was That's crazy. Won't be surprised if it happens. No. It, it could happen. I mean, it's very possible. Well, I mean, wait. he might just get sick of it and say, screw it, I'm retiring at the age of 31 or 30, however old he is by now. I know he's still uh, on the younger side. He's still pretty young. I, he's old, I want to say he's around. I say I want to say he's around. He was born in 94, so. Oh, so wow. Seven. So he's 27. 27. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, February twelfth. So he, <laughs> yeah, February twelfth, nineteen ninety four is his official birthday. So, so he got traded a day after. A day birth. after his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, happy birthday! Here's a trade. Nice <laughs> try. Hey, happy birthday by the way, and good, good job scoring that goal. Happy today. trade day. I mean birthday. <laughs> you did a good job scoring that goal today. Uh, hey, you won't be doing it here again. You're gonna be doing it in Carolina. <laughs> good luck. Uh, 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 official first name, uh, full name, Alexander Alexandrovich Galchenyuk. Alexander, dude, that is Al- like the most Russian name I've ever Al- heard. Alexander <laughs> Alexander or Al- Alexander Alexandrovich Galchenyuk. I I can't. Alex Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> Wait, is he is he Russian? I don't well, know what his Russian is. I believe he's Russian. If nope, not, nope, American. He's American. Yeah, as of right now, age of tw- uh, twenty seven. What? Born out of. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What? <laughs> really? Dude, that is what? like the most Russian name in the world. Like, you'd figure that dude was born with a bottle of vodka in his hand. <laughs> like, straight from the motherland. Milwaukee? Yeah, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, from the motherland of Milwaukee, <laughs> I guess. Wow. See, that's what happens when you do last-second researching, when you start going off <laughs> on random tangents, you find out these random facts. <laughs> that's what? Crazy. Milwaukee. Milwaukee of all places. I mean, his family might be Russian. And just oh, I'm sure that has to have. They have Russian. to have at least. He has a little to be like his heritage has to be Russian, but just. Born oh my in God! It has to be There's... to be named Alexander Alexandrovich. Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. You I'm almost said Ovechkin. I almost said Ovechkin. No, I know he's Russian. All-time traded. Okay, yeah, going back, okay, Mike Sillinger, okay, that's the name I was thinking, but I didn't want to say it and be stupid, was traded 12 times, Jesus. Daniel Chanik is almost, almost halfway there, 
Mm-hmm. Probably, he'll probably be traded one more time by the end of the season. So, yeah. I mean, four of, these, four of those five trades have happened in the past two seasons. So, he played 1,049 career games and was traded 12 times. Wow. So, Mike Sillinger, baby. On another note, uh, we have another big goal milestone. Nick Felino tonight hit his shot his 200th goal in his NHL career. Nice. For uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, surprisingly. Well, not surprisingly, considering he's uh, he, he's the old captain, my captain, and is uh, another another face of another franchise. Yeah. So, old captain, my freaking captain, Nick Foligno. Listen, I'd have Nick Foligno as my captain. For sure, yeah. He'd, <laughs> he'd, say, he'd be a good addition for, I think, just about anybody's team. He'd, anybody would love to have a guy like Nick Foligno. Absolutely. Uh, an unsung hero and a def- definitely a quiet leader. What's up, guys? I'm Ethan, and I'm here with your Buck Puster injury and now suspension report. We only have one suspension right now, and Oliver Ekman Larson has a two-game suspension on him right now for an illegal hit to the head. All right. Now, as far as our injuries go, we still have a lot of people out on COVID-19 protocol, which is to be expected. Uh, Ooh, Gustav Nyquist of the Columbus Blue Jackets is in injured leave right now for indefinitely for a shoulder injury. Uh, Moving down to Dallas, we have Alexander Radulov, Ben Bishop, Tyler Sagan, and Stephen Johns. Uh, Alexander Radulov was moved to day-to-day status. Ben Bishop is still out on a knee injury, but they say he will be back in late April. Um, and Tyler Sagan is out indefinitely on a hip injury. Uh, going over to my beloved Red Wings, uh, we have... Darren Helm is out with a lower body injury. He is in day-to-day status. Same with Luke Glendening. And a real shocker, Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi is out on an upper body injury, and he's out indefinitely. So that's going to be that's going to be a hard hit for the Wings. With um, Dallas, that one's gonna be. Well, they rough. they have a decent backup goaltender and you know Antoine Kondrobin. So I mean, either way, they're they're fine. It's it, once that number two goaltender goes down, they it's might have nice. another <laughs> oh shit moment. Where are we gonna go from here? I'm not saying they have a bad defense. It's just they also like to have a nice solid goaltender. Moving over to Minnesota, Nick Benino is sidelined right now for COVID-19. He is in day-to-day. Um, most of New Jersey are out on COVID-19 protocol, but that's to be expected. Uh, uh, all New Jersey and Buffalo, actually, because I know Jack Eichel got tested. That's right. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Uh, up to the Islanders. Johnny Boychuk is out on an eye injury. Uh, he actually... Actually, no, he retired early this season because of... Oh, he did? Because yeah, he, of that injury last year. Yeah, oh, that, but when he took the uh, skate... Oh, dude. Yeah. That was probably... I would go as far as saying, like... The, that's probably the worst, like, skate-to-body-part injury since Malarchuk. Easily. Oh, yeah. That was... 
For those who didn't see what happened, Johnny Boychuk essentially took a skate right to the center of the face. I think it was 96 staples in his face. It was ridiculous, something like that, yeah. Um, Almost as bad as, you know, Chris Pronger forced him to retire because he took a buck right to the, the side of his eye. Forced him to retire with, you know, with just off these awful fucking symptoms. That would suck, dude. That would really, really suck. And I... And I... Must give credit where credit is due. If we're going to talk about puck injuries, we're going to look back a couple of years when Crosby took the slap shot to the face and completely demolished his jaw. I give the guy credit because he came back and he's playing better than ever. So I after, after a couple playing, playing with that mouth guard, the jaw, the jaw cover on his mask. After a couple of games just to get his crap together and recover. All right, so moving over to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jared McCann is on injury leave for a lower body injury. Uh, Brian Dumoulin is in week-to-week status for lower body. Um, uh, Marcus Pedersen for upper body. And Zach Trotman is in week-to-week status for knee. And moving over to St. Louis. Vladimir Tarasenko is... Unfortunately, out indefinitely for a shoulder injury. And moving down to Tampa Bay, Steven Stamkos is still is actually doing better. Back in day-to-day status for lower body. Anthony Sorelli is sidelined for an undisclosed injury, but he's in week-to-week status, so I can't imagine it'd be too god-awful, but knock on wood. I think it was yesterday the... Tampa ended up putting Steven Stamkos on COVID as well, the COVID protocol yeah. as well. And then, to end it all off, up in Toronto, we have Wayne Simmons on week-to-week status for wrist injury. And Jumbo Joe, Joe Thornton, is out on week-to-week for ribs. Well, I mean, he's old. That's good. That's the same. He's old. Stepped he's onto old. the ice and popped the rib open. He's old and big. <laughs> I actually read an article today that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko actually hit the ice uh, wearing a non uh, the red non contact jersey. So it's his first time since they were eliminated last year in the playoffs. But no, he was actually able to hit the ice and skate around and try and get his legs back under him. So obviously, good news coming out of St. Louis. But and then. I believe that's it. That's all. The only decent news I've heard. Oh, and the recent trade, Pierre-Luc Dubois is sidelined right now for an undisclosed injury, but he is, again, in day-to-day status. All right. Moving on to your weekly fantasy updates. Jeffy, take it away. All right. Come in from the top ten fours. Number ten is Artemi Panarin. Number nine, Miko Rantanen. Eight is Mitchell Marner. Seven is David Pasternak. Six is Alex Ovechkin. Five is Brad Marchant. Four is Austin Matthews. Three is Nathan McKinnon. Two is Le- uh, Leon Dreisaitl. And number one is Connor McDavid. And then your top ten defensemen of this week are coming. Come, someone new. This week is on number 10, Charlie McAvoy. Nine is Tory Krug. Eight is Jeff Petrie. Seven is John Klinsberg. Six is Morgan Riley. 
five is Doogie Hamilton, four is Quinn Hughes, three is Kill McCarr, two is John Carlson, and number one is Victor Hedman. Beautiful, Jeffy, beautiful. Yeah, we're not going to see much changes, especially in the forward core, I don't think. No. Defensemen might change a little bit, depending on how the forwards on different teams do. But, yeah, the forwards aren't going to be changing much, especially that top five. And then goaltenders, number five is Jordan Bennington, four is Robin Leonard, three is Philip Grubauer, two is Tuka Rask, and number one, Andre Vasilevsky. All right. Last but definitely not least, the uh, Beast of the East and their stats. Uh, starting off with Buffalo, uh, Bobo. All righty. Capping off my Sabres, I have Jack, Jack Eichel with 11 points, Victor Olofsson with 10 points in second, Taylor Hall with 9, and a two-way tie for 4th place with Sam Reimhart and Rasmus, Ri Rasmus Ristolainen with 6 points. And my goalies, 1st uh, place for my goalies is Linus Yomark with a... Uh, goal against 2.56 and save percentage of a not a point nine one four and followed by him is Carter Hutton with the goals against of 3.05 and a save percentage of point eight nine five and then next up uh flat with the Philadelphia oh I'm sorry no Ethan with the New Jersey Devils all right so coming in at number five we have Pavel Zacha with four points number four Michael McLeod, also rocking the four points. And then we have a three-way tie for first with Ty Smith, Jack Hughes, and Miles Woods all having eight. Uh, looking at their goaltenders, we have Mackenzie Blackwood pulling a .948 save percentage. And then Scott Wedgwood working with a .901. Wood. Yeah. All right. Now the blue coats of the New York. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, this might be one of my first mispronunciation, mispronunciations. I can't even mispronounce that word. <laughs> <laughs> and fifth is Philip DiGiuseppe with five points. Uh, Ryan Strom coming in at fourth with six points. Adam Fox coming in at third with seven. Pavel Buchnevich coming in second with eight. And then Artem Panarin blowing everybody out of the water with 15 points. Uh, the goalies, uh, Igor Shesterkin is first with a 2.16 goals against average with a .922 save percentage. And Alexander Gorgiev with a 3.21 goals against and a .891 save percentage. All right, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, uh, four points, uh, tied for fourth. Both Evgeny Malkin and Teddy Bluger have seven points. Luger. Uh, Jake Gensel, third place, nine points. And tied for the top spot. Both Sidney Crosby and Brian Rust with a whopping 10 points. Uh, between the pipes, Casey Smith, uh, 2.84 goals against average and a .885 save percentage. And Tristan Jari, uh, 3.95 goals against with a .851 save percentage. The Penguins' defensive injuries, man, is really hurting them. Really yeah, it's hurting killing them, man. Yeah. .89, and you're leading the team in save percentage. That's... He's the backup. Casey Smith is the backup goaltender. He's doing better. Yeah, Tristan Jerry. In fourth place, we have the New York Islanders 
where there is a three-way tie for third place for Andrews Lee, Nick Letty, and Noah Dobson with all six points apiece. Second place, Jordan Everly with seven. And first place, we have, we have Matthew Barzal with, with a whopping 13 points. Damn. And my goalies, uh, Semyon Varlamov with a save percentage of .929 and goals against of 1.98, which isn't too bad. And my second goalie is Ilya Sorokin with a .871 save percentage and a 3.65 goals against, which that ain't too bad either. For for a backup behind, you know, Semyon Varlamov, Varlamov, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Not, not too shabby. Uh, speaking of Varlamov, going to this former team, the Washington Capitals, Jeffy. All right. Coming in number five is TJ Oshie with nine with seven points. Yakov Varan Varana at eight points. Number three is John Carlson with eleven points. And in a two way tie is Tom Wilson with and Alex Ovechkin with both twelve points. And Nicholas Backstrom at seventeen points. Who would have thought Ooh, that Tom Wilson would have been in the top three scorers for the Capitals team? Tom Wilson. I would have guessed Backstrom was killing it this year. Dude, Backstrom's absolutely... He's having a hell of a year so far. Wow, I'm really glad I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have expected Backstrom to be in the top three, but like to be that leading scorer is... is Over good. Ovi. Yeah, that's... Especially with all of his milestones he's already had this... This year? This year. Yeah. What do you think after Ovi retires, whenever that may be? Backstrom's not going to be too far behind. But for that time, he will be the face of the Capitals, I think. He'll probably, I can see Backstrom getting the C. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then, for sure. For, like, Depending on when Ovi retires, because there's even a chance that, you know, if Ovi does pay for a couple more seasons, Backstrom, Backstrom could retire before him. Cause Ovi's, or even be traded. Well, you, no. never, you never know what could happen. Mm, no. no. That's very unlikely. But if Ovi were to retire before Backstrom, I definitely think Backstrom's going to get the seat. Yep. Like, hands down, yeah. no questions asked. I don't think that there's anybody else on that team that deserves it more than Backstrom. Who has the A's? And ba- I think uh, it is Backstrom and... Oshi, I think. No, it's not Oshi. Uh, uh, Kuznetsov, I think. It's either Kuznetsov or uh, John Carlson. It might be Carlson. Oh, no, I, I think Carlson wears it at home in the red jerseys, and then for the away jerseys, it's Kuzi. Is it okay? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, Kyle, take it away with the number two. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jeffy. Sorry. Um, And then, Vanatic Vasenek with a .903 save percentage. Goals against is 3.18. Greg Anderson at a .750 save percentage and... Goals against is 5.27. Then Ilya Samsonov at 0.868 and 3.3 at goals against. All right. Now, Kyle, take it away with the number two Flyers. All right. The Philadelphia Flyers. A two-way tie for fourth place or third place, I guess. Kevin Hayes and Claude Giroux with 11 points apiece. A two-way tie for, because you can say second place, is Joel Farabee and Jakub Voracek with 12 points apiece. And leading the Philadelphia Flyers, the second place Philadelphia Flyers with 18 points, JVR, James Van Riemsdyk. 
Uh, the leading goal goaltender is Brian Elliott with a 2.19 goals against with a 0.929 save percentage. And then Carter Hart actually is not doing as well as I thought he was with a 3.49 goals against and a 0.897 save percentage. All right, lead, uh, last but least, no, not, last but not least, the number one seed in the division and number three seed in the league, the Boston Bruins. Uh, fourth place, two-way tie between Nick Ritchie and David Krejci, uh, 10 points apiece. Number three, Charlie McAvoy with 11, and leading the way for that original black and gold team, both Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron with 16 points. And in the pipes of Baston, uh, the backup, uh, Halak, actually has a 1.38 goals against average and a .938 save percentage. With one, uh, Boston's one and only shutout. And their starter, Tuga, has a 2.31 goals against average and a .906 save wow. Both goaltenders are doing ridiculous, so, man. Just top, top of the line. <laughs> top tier. Crazy. Hey, uh, do you think this black and gold team can give the other black and gold team a, a nice little no-winner for a goaltender? That'd be nice. Dude, can you, ima dude, can you imagine seeing Tuca in a Penguins jersey? Oh, jeez. Still rocking that black and gold. But I'd, lo different. I'd love it, man. I would. I would, I would absolutely. love to see Tuca. Okay, how about this? Say the Penguins were to get Flurry back. Which is and, rumored. And, yeah. Which is rumored. Say they were to get him back. And have Tuca as a backup. Oh my god, dude! They, we, imagine that shit. We would be unstoppable. But that'd be that. that the mean, the likeliness of that is borderline slim to none. But considering salary cap space, there we can only get one of them, unfortunately. But, but I'm saying, if it was possible, imagine having that. If it was like a regular year, then yeah. But imagine having Flurry and Rask between the pipes for Penguins. That would be insane. Just even to have Mark Andre Fleury back, man, is I think a dream of every Penguins fan at this point. Every every Penguins fan I know, especially me, especially, were absolutely heartbroken to see his I, name called at that expansion draft. I'm. We all I, saw it coming. Either him or Murray. I'm not. I'm not a Penguins fan. I respect them. I like watching them play. But. You know, Flurry is a borderline god tier goaltender. I mean, there is future only Hall future Hall of Famer without a doubt. Yeah, no questions. Three cups. No um, questions asked. I would, I would love to see him back between the pipes for Pittsburgh. Been, been in the Stanley Cup final a total of five times. No, yeah, he's yeah, five got times, he's, losing twice, winning three times. He has got some amazing credentials against him, and well, not against him, but for him. Uh, yeah, I would love to see him back in the sweater for the Penguins. Yeah, I think, I think even anybody that's not a Penguins fan wants to see him go home for his last season, last two seasons. Absolutely, it'd be I nice to see him retire as a Penguin. I think that was one of his longtime goals was to retire in the black and gold sweater. Again, it's a rumor. They, there's a rumor that he has said that he wants to retire as a Penguin. And I know Ron, Ron Hextall has been working, I guess, working tirelessly to try and bring I've, it back. Oh, that's going to that. be... Like, they're, they're working with Vegas, but Vegas ain't budging. Like, they don't that's going to be crazy, though, if they do get him, though, because now we have Ron Hextall, who was his own legendary goaltender in his own. Trying, leading trying his best to acquire another, another legendary, legendary goaltender. goaltender. It's it, If this deal goes through, this will be the biggest trade in... 
prob within probably the next ten years. Oh, within yeah. the who, next who decade. Would the Penguins would we trade Jari? Would we trade Casey to Smith? Would we trade one of our prospects? Would we have to trade like Malkin or something? Who do we have to trade to get it's, them? Well, and I think it's going to be tough, and that's what I think is going to hold them up the longest is the fact that now they got to figure. How can we make this trade as even as possible? Because it's not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll give you Flurry for a couple of your fucking scrubs. No. They're going to be like, we want Malkin, or we want Brian Rust, or we want uh, we want Jake Gensel. We I, want... I think that Vegas does have a little bit of a tougher hill to climb because they don't have too much room in the salary cap to budge. And with Robin Nenner being in his final year of his current contract, I know they want to keep that around. And with Nenner being a couple years younger than the Flower, that might be their top priority. Flurry's what, mid-30s? He was drafted drafted 03. First, uh, first goal to be drafted number one overall. Really? Uh, in, oh, really in a while. But um, I, I guess they have to come to the decision of, you know, do they want to keep Nenner between the pipes? Do you want they want them then... You know, let him walk in free agency. Did you say or, that he they signed? He's done his last year of his contract. Well, because he just signed a five-year contract. Well, even if in between seasons. Oh, did he? I'm, I'm pretty sure we have brought. Well, that up and even if say, season. even if say Vegas were to keep Flurry, even if the Penguins were to pick up Robin Laner, if say they keep Flurry, move Robin Laner to free agency. And the Penguins were to pick him up. That's still a huge acquisition. Yeah. Because Laner's a great goalie. Again, he's not Marc Andre Fleury, but he is a top tier goaltender. If Vegas were to let go of anybody, though, I think it would be Fleury just based on age. Putting yeah. skill completely aside, age based, they would let Fleury walk. I mean, that, that's what happened with you know the Penguins a couple of years ago because they kept Matt Murray just because Murray he was, was young. yeah he was significantly well not significantly but he was quite a few years younger than Fleury, and he hasn't reached his prime yet. And granted, he hasn't reached his prime, especially in Ottawa now. It's yeah. going to be a while before he, I think he, he ain't going to do in Ottawa, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, plus, but, I think they're, everyone's trying to figure out what they're doing before the trade game. Trade, yeah. trade, trade deadline. deadline. Trade, trade deadline. Um, and also with the upcoming um, expansion draft, too. It's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of this expansion draft. Could we see Mark Flurry be the first player to be drafted in two separate expansion drafts? That would that, be... That'd be crazy to see. I'm actually... I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to see what Seattle's going to bring. I'm, ex I'm really excited about that. I, sure. I'm looking forward to that because... Have they said what division they're going to be They're They're going to be in the wet. They're going to be placed in the uh, old-style West. The Western Conference, the Pacific Division, and they're going to move the Arizona Coyotes from the old Pacific Division into the Central. Because, off of Astor's standpoint, the Central was the only division to have seven teams in it. Everybody else had eight. So they were going to move Arizona over to Central and keep Seattle in the Pacific. Because it was both West teams were at seven until Vegas came in. They took that eighth spot in the Central, or the Pacific. Eighth spot in the Central, I believe. Central. Uh, no, they were in the Pacific. Really? Yeah. What? Well, that was before. Well, you got to remember because before Vegas came in, Detroit and Columbus were in the West, and they moved Detroit and Columbus over to the East, and Vegas 
filled in a spot in the Pacific Division. That's... Because they did a whole messed up realignment for, just for Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we'll, there will be all... There will be eight, eight, team, all right, eight teams in the four divisions. I don't see the East moving around much anymore. No. The West will definitely move around a little bit. But. A little bit, but not even there, not much, really. Unless there's a, a new team that comes in, whether it's you know in Quebec City, a second team in Toronto, considering they have the big enough market to support that team. Uh, they, they can't keep these divisions they have right now, because they can't have the North with seven, the West with nine, and the Central with eight, the East with eight. They just they wouldn't work that way. What, I feel like once COVID gets gets past us, they'll go back to the old division standings or lineups. Like, uh, do you think COVID will postpone the Seattle start by a season? No. I, I, I feel like they're going to do what they did with this past draft and do it all virtually. Okay. And, and they'll the, go for The that. expansion draft, do you think, will be yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if they're able, I think so. If they're do, able to do the 2021 entry draft that way, all seven rounds, they can easily do you know, 30 teams drafted, entry drafted. Or 31 now. Oh, no, because Vegas is exempt. Oh, Vegas is exempt from this? Yeah, okay. so it'll be all 30 teams pre-Vegas. Pre okay. And again, that could be a potential episode. If you guys would like to see that, tweet us if you'd like to see a mock expansion draft from us. All right, thanks, guys, for tuning into Week 5, uh, BC East League. Uh, if you aren't following us on Twitter or liking our fa page on Facebook... What the fuck are you doing with your life? And join our Facebook group, too. We have a group for... Ads every... on Facebook at Buckbusters Radio. Yep. And I... you already know the Twitter. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.